Welcome to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green, a certified financial planner who specializes in helping fitness entrepreneurs and millennials grow their net worth. The goal is to bring you conversations with successful individuals in the fitness industry on how they navigated their journey to success. Justin Green is the founder and financial planner at AssistFP, a financial planning firm. All opinions expressed in this show are solely those of Justin and not reflective of AssistFP. This podcast should not be considered advice. It is solely for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor, tax, legal, and any other advisor you have before making any decisions regarding your financial plan. Welcome back to the show, Wealthy Coaches. Today, my guest is Melissa Dugalecki, an online business coach for other online coaches and consultants. Melissa has a great story, and I was really excited to chat with Melissa once I heard about her journey to pay off six figures of high-interest debt. But you'll learn so much more than that in our conversation today. We also talked about how she became a profit-first certified professional, and for anyone who knows me knows that I absolutely love that cash flow system. And towards the end, we dive into her five areas of business that you need to focus on, and it's not simply just marketing. And then we'll also go into the biggest pain points in each of those for online entrepreneurs. But really quick, before we dive in, my number one goal with this podcast is to help coaches lead a wealthy life. If you enjoy the show, please screenshot the podcast and tag me on your Instagram story at JustinGreenFP so that more coaches like yourself can tune in. All right, let's dive into the conversation with Melissa. Melissa, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you let everyone know a little bit more about who Melissa is and where you're calling in from? Ooh, okay. Who I am? I am Melissa Dubalecki. I am a consultant for online um, entrepreneurs, mostly around coaching and consulting businesses, um, but the whole gamut. Um, my background is actually in education. Um, I spent 10 years in high school education. Um, I was a high school teacher and then a high school athletic director and thought that was going to be my entire world. Um, but life changed. Um, I lost my daughter. I'm a bereaved mother. I lost my daughter in 2014 and I really began to see the world differently. And it called me forward into looking at how I wanted to live and what I wanted to create and how I was going to choose to be in ownership for my grief and my healing. And then ultimately for my business, my finances, my life. Um, and it got me to exactly where I am right now, which is in Tulum, Mexico. Wow. Uh, one, so sorry to hear, um, about your daughter and Mm -hmm. two, um, you know, being in Tulum now is a, a big, big change. So we'll get there and we'll talk about how you went from, you know, from point A to point B. And, um, you know, I'm excited to learn more about, so I, I had found you because you were talking about your debt journey. You know, you had mm-hmm. gone from being over six figures in debt, which is mm-hmm. not that uncommon, unfortunately, yeah. in the United States, like, you know, and so we're going to unpack that a bit. Cause as the money guy that definitely, you know, I perked up when I saw that and I was like, Ooh, I'd love to hear more about this. Um, uh, but then also you kind of, your background was, um, online health and wellness coaching, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and now you're helping online coaches, uh, with their businesses as well. So there's a lot to unpack, you know, yeah. there, but I definitely want to start with the debt journey. So tell me more about like, what type of debt was it? And mm-hmm. like, what were you doing 
when like the light bulb went off that like you want like you didn't want to continue down that path mm. oh gosh so much so I, I mean honestly the debt began accumulating when i was in college um i studied abroad and i remember like calling from like a payphone i'm like aging myself but calling from a payphone like in florence italy to my credit card company to get my credit limit extended and I just always felt like I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Um, I definitely had a mindset of you either care about money or you care about people. And that really drove like that mindset. Now, as you alluded to, my background was mindset coaching. So as I like really began to understand all this, uh, I saw how my mindset, how big of a part that was of my financial uh, health or lack of it. Um, where I resented money. I resented it. I thought if I had it or cared about it, that I was an 11 person and I was wanted to be a teacher and just help everybody. So for me, it was a mix of um, credit card debt, travel, shopping. I like went to South Africa to like help people, like, you know, everything on my credit cards. Um, it was that combined with some debt from um, the loss of my daughter um, and mm -hmm. those expenses and the medical expenses and the living expenses um, and a little bit of student loans, but that didn't really, that wasn't the majority part of it. Gotcha. So a lot of it was like high interest debt. It was like credit cards and, yeah. and loans like that. Yeah. And Justin, I have to tell you, I like really... <laughs> Anyone here listening who has struggled with avoidance, okay, this is for you. I felt like I didn't want to deal with it or look at it. So I literally like wouldn't open my credit card bills for a period of time, thinking like it was just going to somehow go away. And high interest credit cards with a high balance, it just obviously grew. So it does I, the opposite. I, <laughs> it does the opposite. It doesn't go away. It compounds in a negative manner. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard of money scripts? No. So money scripts, there's four of them. And one of them is actually money avoidance. Um, there's money mm -hmm. worship, money. That's exactly how it sounds. Money worship, uh, money status. They just renamed that one. Or no, they renamed money worship. But anyway, so money worship, money status, money vigilance, which is like, quote unquote, the good one, right? Like you're frugal, but they're, they're all on continuums. Um, and then money mm -hmm. avoidance. And, and that's exactly, um, that would have been your money script to a T because you actually just described like everything they say about money avoidance and you've never even heard of the script. So it's kind of crazy. No. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's exactly like you would just avoid it. You wouldn't log in, um, to your accounts, it, you know, tend to actually be the background of like teachers, therapists, etc. because, you care about people and you have this, that the same mindset, it's actually kind of crazy that you, you've never heard of these. Cause I would, I would have thought mm -hmm. you had based on your description. Um, and so it's really interesting. Yeah. That you did that. I did an episode, uh, earlier on in the podcast with a financial therapist and we kind of dove into those. Um, but you definitely, yeah, you displayed a lot of characteristics of money avoidance and it's very common. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not, um, it's not that unusual, to be honest with you. There's a lot of people out there uh, with similar traits and, and, and they just they get so stressed out and so anxious that they do hide from the numbers. Um, and so I'm curious, like, all right, so if you were doing that, something must have uh, like flipped a switch, like clearly um, 
you change that mindset or, you know, you know, what happened? A couple things. I mean, I think one, I think the first part was when my daughter passed away, I stepped into this whole new level of ownership of my life, um, of me, like being like, wait, I have to take care of my healing now. Like, are you kidding me? You know, like getting a grief counselor and all of this, but it really allowed me to see where I wasn't in full ownership of my life. Um, and I wasn't in full ownership financially and I wasn't in full ownership even as being an educator. Um, I was almost hiding, honestly, I was hiding in what was safe and what was comfortable. Um, and so I invested when I was a hundred thousand dollars in debt, another $6,000 in a business mastermind. And I remember thinking like, well, I'm already a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Might as well be 106. Like, but that was the moment. Um, I knew I would be leaving education and my role in education was a six figure salary. Like I wasn't struggling. I just wasn't being responsible and in ownership for my, for my money. Um, so when I joined that business mastermind, which was a result of me looking at life really differently, um, after losing my daughter, uh, it just became like, this is all up to me. No one else is responsible for my grief healing. No one else is responsible for, for my financial health. No one else is responsible for my business. Like I get to figure this out. And, um, my education background paired with learning business strategy for online business and really studying um, allowed me to build my business pretty rapidly, um, mm -hmm. pretty saturated market, and just allowed me to begin getting out of debt, seeing it was possible and choosing differently going forward. Gotcha. I have to put a disclaimer out there. I probably wouldn't have recommended taking on another $6,000 in debt at that point. Um, and there's definitely some survivorship bias here in the fact that it worked out for you. So, it, you know, in, in hindsight, it's like, ah, that was great investment. Um, there's a lot of coaches that, unfortunately, they just keep tacking on more and more debt um, and then never actually, like, figure out how to get out of it. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, yeah. That maybe not the best strategy and it won't work for everyone, but when it does work, it's a really great story. Um, <laughs> so just be careful because I, you know, I, I work with a lot of online health and fitness coaches and it's starting to seem like debt's becoming a big issue, uh, which is mm -hmm. why I was excited to kind of have this conversation with you. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the questions I was going to ask you is, did you use debt to start building your business? And, and I, I, you know, sounds like you did. Once you, after that first investment, um, <clears throat> Did you continue to use debt a lot in the business or um, did that one kind of propel you and give you everything you needed? Well, I've continued to invest, but then I was investing from the business bank account. So really important mm -hmm. online entrepreneurs. And it's funny because I see you have the profit first book. Um, mm -hmm. I am I'm certified in the profit first method. Um, oh, cool. Mike Michalowicz is actually my personal mentor. Uh, that's awesome. I work with and invest in, and he's signed my book publishing contract. I have a book being published, but, um, so anyways, I, I talk to Mike all the time, but I began learning how to manage the finances really for my business. It was interesting because as someone who wanted to just help everybody, I felt this greater sense of responsibility to managing finances for my business than for myself. And so for online coaches, entrepreneurs, like, like, for me, my banking and my personal is totally different. 
Um, it should be. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought you would say that. Um, yeah. and like so if that's all you take away from this episode, like <laughs> it should be. <laughs> um, my business began paying for continued coaching, um, but my business paid. I joined another mastermind, higher ticket than another one. Then I went to work with Mike Michalowicz and um, have continued. I still have coaches. So, but now it's paid out of my business. So for those of you that don't know, Mike Michalowicz is the author of Profit First, which is a very popular book. Um, I love the concepts. I love the philosophies. And I love that it can like easily be adapted to different uh, industries. And, you know, like I actually have, there's also Profit First for Micro Gyms, which was uh, written by uh, John Briggs, who's a CPA who works more with like actual fitness studios, um, CrossFit gyms, et cetera. Um, and so I know there's a handful of like spinoffs on profit first for specific industries. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a really good system. And, and I talk about cash flow management a lot, but that's really cool that you've uh, got a relationship with Mike. I was not aware of that, um, well, but big, yeah. big fan of the book. And um, so I think that's awesome. You made a comment that I actually wanted to uh, talk about. So you treated your business and your personal separate. Um, but what happens a lot of times is actually coaches will like treat their business finances extremely well, but then there's kind of like their personal finances just go Mm -hmm. to the wayside. Um, So not Mm -hmm. only are they separate, but it's like one is like really organized and really well done. And then the other one's just like Mm -hmm. a complete mess. And so it's kind of crazy um, how Mm -hmm. that like paradigm works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think those who are drawn to coaching roles um, really take pride and have a sense of self and being supportive. Um, and taking care, you know, of others. Now I'm not like, I'm not enabling, I'm much more empowering, right? Like I, I actually like don't do the, you know, like enabling type of coaching, but I still feel a sense of pride for everything in my business. And through doing it for my business first was non-negotiable. Then I learned how to do it for myself, you know? Right. Right. And I think as a business owner, if you understand how important systems are then when you see a book like profit first it should make sense like the systems of your money are just as important as all the systems of running your coaching business oh i am on a mission to be the anti-fat diet of business building right and the answer to that like everyone chases followers or they want this and like I've grew, I grew a seven figure business. I have like 1400 followers when I started and I have like 4,000 now, like not, like not a lot, but you mm-hmm. don't need it. You need systems and you need strategy and you need a roadmap. And it's so funny how you just bridge that because I'm so passionate about it for business building strategy, right? Like everyone wants more leads and more followers or whatever. Like you don't actually need that. And it's interesting how you just like bridge that of like, you probably don't even need more money. You just need systems <laughs> for how you're managing it, right? Yeah, I talk about that a lot recently. Is like, I actually don't really care about your revenue because yeah, totally. you could have really high revenue and it's kind of like a follower count, right? Like it could mean nothing. Like I care more yes. about your profit. And the only way you're going to be profitable is if you have like a legit system in place to yep. manage your cash flow, 
right? To take your revenue and divide it up in different categories based on profit first. I mean, I, you know, um, mm -hmm. we probably, I didn't even realize that we probably could have done a whole episode on profit first, uh, but we won't go down mm -hmm. that. But anyways, you know, it's a system to tell your cash flow what to do. So you don't have to make those decisions anymore. Um, and it's just, it's crazy how many coaches will have systems in place for lead gen, marketing, sales, um, client delivery, all of their programs, et cetera. Uh, but then when it comes to the money, it's like there's no systems. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes they kind of push back on the idea of having systems. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, the, the, there's, the gap isn't that big. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you, you said it well, bridging the gap there. It's, it, you know, they, they really go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so powerful. And I, you know, I work with men and women, but I will, I will say like, you know, at this point I've worked with like over a thousand clients. Most of them, the majority are women. Um, but a lot of the women I work with, I just put something up on social media last night about this, but a lot of the women I work with feel as those systems, they don't, they feel resistant to it. Like, well, that's really masculine. And I, I work with like a lot of spiritual, holistic type coaches, right? I got a lot of woo woo mm -hmm. in me <laughs> and <laughs> I tend to attract that. But a lot of the women I've worked with are like, well, I don't want to have systems in place in my business because like, I just want to do it aligns for me and I want to flow and I want to do this and that. And what I actually really believe is through the systems, the structure, the framework, we can actually flow more, but you've got to have It'll give you more freedom. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it'll give you more freedom because if you're not following a structure, what happens is the money starts to kind of control you um, just because there's so many psychological and like philosophical um, areas that apply to this. And one of them is um, what is uh, Parkinson's law? Basically, like you'll use up the time allotted to you. Well, you could also use it for money in the sense of like however much money, like the money you feel like you have, you will you will spend it. Right. Um, yep. And so if you system to, you know, save, invest, prepare for taxes, et cetera, up front, take that off the plate, make the plate smaller. Um, yeah. I, um, Mike talks about that, like make a smaller plate, then essentially what you'll do is you'll just, you'll spend all that money and then you'll get to the end. And um, now you have no freedom because there's no money left over. Mm -hmm. So powerful. So true. So um, let's pivot. Let's talk about, so now you help online coaches. So you built a successful seven figure business. You paid off the debt, right? Paid off the debt, bought a awesome. house. Yeah. In Tulum. In Tulum. So I came here, <laughs> I came here for 10 days on vacation in the very end of August of 2020. Um, and I was supposed to be going from here to LA and I was going to be speaking at an event in LA. I'd come from Boston, so I flew from Boston to Tulum. I was here for 10 days. I was also down here with another coach in, in the industry who had been my coach, and now we were both friends and speaking at events and whatnot. Um, and the event was canceled. And my friend was like, I think I'm just going to like extend and stay. And I was like, well, we can't do that. And I'm like, wait, maybe I can. And so I called my Airbnb that I had booked for like a month or two in LA and because of COVID, they canceled it. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me extend here in Tulum. And the next thing that I knew, I was buying a house here. So it escalated pretty quickly. It was by December of 2020. So it was like all within a few months. 
Um, and I've been here ever since. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, you know, kind of crazy for someone like me. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not someone who would do something like that, but I was just talking to someone earlier who's, uh, living in Brazil right now. He's a lawyer for the online health and fitness community. Uh, he's living in Brazil. Uh, funny. He was actually drinking out of Mason jars too. And, uh, yes. he, he bought a hotel in Brazil and, um, I love it. yeah, it was Brazil. I think he just like, he was like, yeah, I just spontaneously bought a small hotel. I was like, I what? Love it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's kind of funny. Back-to-back calls, uh, very spontaneous, very adventurous, uh, individuals. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is here in Mexico, I didn't know uh, how different it was. So I would see in WhatsApp groups, which are huge down here, I would see properties for sale. And so it was like, you know, three bedroom penthouse, like, you know, outdoor pool, shower, like all this, like, and it was like $500,000. And I was like, what? (laughs) So I like go and look at it and I was like, I'll take it. And the woman was like, great. Like, so that's going to be $500,000. And I'm like, what? How do we do mortgages? And she's like, oh, we don't, we don't do mortgages here. Oh, interesting. So it was very interesting. You can't do a mortgage as a U.S. citizen buying in Mexico. Oh, so I didn't know that. So I changed my price point that I was shopping in. <laughs> it wasn't quite 500000 but it they don't sure. do mortgages here. So it was really different. Interesting. So you bought all cash then. The way that I worked it out, I was very fortunate um, with the sellers who I bought it from. We basically did like 50% cash, which I will say is pretty incredible that in 2020, I was in a position to put that much cash down and I was out of debt. Like, so I had gone from six years of debt in 2018 to- Okay, so just two years. In just two years. Um, so I, you know, I- I just want to remind anyone listening, like you can completely change your financial state and you're probably in the right place to do that. Right. Um, listening here to Justin and it'll probably take longer uh, than two years. Um, prepare yourself for that, but it can be as quick. It can be much quicker. Prepare yourself for longer, but online businesses, you know, they can, they can happen very quickly. Um, for the right people putting in the work. Yeah, like I never used paid ads or anything. So like to your point, like profit margins are pretty high. When Extremely high. In, right. Extremely when high. One <laughs> in online business. Like it's just, it's it's incredible. And I think it's so beautiful what's available to us. I mean, it's the fastest growing industry right now. Um, but and I worked it out huge. with the seller. Um, I worked it out with the seller basically to pay about half of it. And then basically I pay them like, a mortgage that's uh, quick. It's aggressive, but it's good. And I will be completely paid off in one year. So it was like in one more year. Gotcha. Like a very short term loan. It was a three year mortgage. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, I've never been to Tulum. I've uh, for the first time ever went to Cancun like two years ago. Um, Actually, no, it was a year ago last this month. Um, and so, uh, beautiful area, you know, I, I see pictures of Tulum all the time. So it was like the jungle gym. Is that like your monthly gym? You know how like Instagram models go there and, you know, just to work out for Instagram. Like that's, that's where you just go every day. (laughs) 
So I can tell you, uh, living here over two years, I have never been to the jungle gym. Um, I have like this thing against it. I think because like also my brand and how I build business is very much against like the social media obsession. Like I think social media is beautiful. I use it. It's a great tool, but like, I don't do things for the gram. Right. Um, I'm not buying followers, whatever. So I have like this weird thing that I, I actually know the owner. She's a wonderful woman. Um, I've seen her, uh, hung out with her, but I've never been to that gym. I go to an old, like, like a box. It's like a Tulum CrossFit and it's like, it's just no frills about it. Good people, like just working out, like nothing fancy. Um, and I love it. That's cool. All right. So you, you changed the whole direction of your life, uh, becoming an online coach. Um, and then at some point you realized like other coaches were coming to you for help. So you kind of pivoted into coaching coaches, right? Yep. So what are like the pain points that you feel like online coaches need the most help with? So, you know, I've, I've been following your content for a little bit. I know you talk about like the five, um, the five aspects of business, like everyone just focused on like marketing, but there's actually, it's much more than that. Mm -hmm. So what are those five aspects of business? Oh, I love it. Five aspects of the business product, uh, which is going to be a lot more than just like what your service is. It includes tiered offers, product suite, whether it's a freebie, a high ticket, a mid ticket, um, product includes client experience, which is so important for retention and referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, I, ba- I base what I coach off of the book, never lose a customer again. Um, so product is like everything. Um, and client experience and tiered offers, like, is what the product is. Most people, most people think like, well, I get paid, you know, $150 an hour or whatever it is. Like, that's my product. Like, that is not your product. Um, operations is going to be your workflow. So second one, operations is going to be workflow, legal, staffing, contracts. But really looking at, like, how the flow of what you are strategizing and creating in your roadmap is moving. Like, are you... Like, what's the pace of it? Um, are you trying to take on too much? Are you not sure what to prioritize? Are you playing small and hiding? And so it's really managing, like, the tempo of workflow and then all the legal stuff. Um, product operations, marketing. Marketing is interesting. Most people think marketing should drive, like, marketing first, but I say marketing second. So you want to get your sales strategy and sales cycles dialed in. And then marketing is the conduit to execute them. So marketing is obviously going to be your messaging. Um, Something that's really important that I think is often forgotten is messaging. Messaging is everything. If you're trying to talk to everyone, you'll talk to no one. If you are fuzzy in your offer or your messaging, people will be fuzzy in how to work with you. I worked with a client. Do you have an example of like a, oh, maybe you're about to do it. I was going to say, do you have an example of like a bad message versus a good one? Mm, Yeah. Like, I mean, so many, but I see this all the time. Like I help people feel more confident or I help you overcome the roadblocks and challenges of life. And I'm like, what does that mean? Do you help college students who are struggling? Do you help divorcees? Do you help people in relationship? Do you help people who are figuring out their sexuality? Do you help people with their finances? Like, 
what does that mean? And oftentimes when I teach and coach, I will take people's Instagram bios and I'll put it up and I'll have everyone drop in the chat. What do you think this person does? Mm. And if there's different interpretations, well, how are people clearing how to work with you? Right? So messaging also like too often we, uh, I worked with a woman who had 160,000 followers. I met her at an event I was speaking at in LA and she called me and she's like, I need help. I'm doing a free workshop and I have four people signed up. And I was like, well, what's the That's like every shop? online coach's fear. That's I, like everyone's I, fear. Anyway, actually not even just coaches, anyone who's trying to build a business online. That's like their, mm -hmm. their biggest fear is that only no, well, it's, it's no one will show up, but then four people is like right behind that. Yeah. And where do we go? We go to shame, doubt, comparison. I can't do this. My dad was right, or my fiance, or my significant other was right, or whoever it was. Like, I can't do this. This is stupid. No one's showing up. And people go there so quickly. And that's what I think really stops good entrepreneurs from growing is that they don't have the strategy to set themselves up to win. And when they don't set themselves up to win and they struggle, then they think that they're just not worthy or not good enough. And then they quit. Mm. Um, so that's why I'm so passionate, but her messaging basically said, um, uh, like join the workshop to feel more confident in your body in whatever it was 2020 or something like that. And I was like, that doesn't really speak to me. Like feel more confident. Like, what are you doing? Are you doing mindset around body? Are you, are we working out? Like, what are we doing? And so I took her through an activity I do with a lot of my clients. And yeah, listening can write this one down, but it's called So What? So I looked at her, I'm like, well, so what? Like, you feel more confident in your body. So what? Why does that matter? She was like, well, then they won't have to like work out twice a day. I'm like, so what? Well, then they won't like fear going out on Friday night or like afraid they're going to fall off track. It's like, well, so what? Well, they won't like avoid going to the beach or something because they're embarrassed to be in their bathing suit. Well, so what? Right. And we just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And what she landed on was so that this woman will stop walking by the mirror and pinching her sides every time. And it was like, Ooh, so she tested it. And I always teach split testing, right? We do a lot of split testing what I do, but, um, she tested it and she had over 40 people sign up in less than 24 hours. So marketing is huge. So what do we cover, Justin? We got product, operations, marketing, sales is going to be um, really knowing your length of a lead, how long it takes for you to have that touch point with someone for them to convert to working with you, your book calls, how many touch points before somebody books a call, your show up rate, your closing rate, um, referrals, retention. So sales is a lot more than revenue. Um, mm -hmm. and I do a lot around that. So I'll know with the clients I work with, okay, you, you're calling in four new clients this month. Cool. 50% closing rate. You have to get on eight calls to get on eight calls. You want to book 10 calls. Right. And let me just work backwards. Okay. So what's the strategy now to get 10 calls booked? Um, and last one is finance. Um, mm. and for me, I coach profit first system, but as you know, it's, it's really the cash flow management, um, of your business. Cool. I obviously love that one. 
Um, I actually want to share something with you. So it's really funny. You were doing that messaging exercise. I have a former coworker. Um, I used to sell cheerleading uniforms, so that was pretty cool. Not really, but no, I really did. Um, my undergrad was in sport management. I went out and was working at a sports apparel company and, uh, I used to work with this girl. She's an online coach now. And so I've been, you know, trying to figure out like she's, she's going through some like rebranding. And so I was like, well, what do you do? Like, what's your message? And I kind of did what you did. And this isn't what I do for people. I was just doing it as like a friend. And, and she she was like, um, I was trying to find the original one. Um, and I was like, all right, so like, who is it you help and how do you help them? And, um, she came up. So she texted me like a week later out of nowhere. I was like, I help women to, to rediscover themselves and reprioritize their lives so they can focus on what matters most. And so yeah. I just replied with like, okay, what kind of women, like, what are they rediscovering? And what, like, what, what is it that mm-hmm. matters most? Yeah. And what, what so very do? similar, like, <laughs> yeah, like we just kept, I was like, you're close, but like, if I'm your ideal client, like I need to read that and immediately be like, yes, that's me. And right now I can't do that. And I'm obviously not your ideal client. So like, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm just saying like, there's a lot of like, um, like it's very vague still. Um, and so just kind of kept going through that with her. And um, so she could kind of help refine that. And it reminds me of, you know, I've heard it, the so what practice referred to almost as like, just be like, why, why? Like a child, just ask why a hundred times. Right. You know, but why, but why, but why, but why? why? Uh, So really interesting. Yeah, I was just doing that the other day and uh, Mm. it's really annoying, but it works. (laughs) It's super annoying. Um, I thought someone was going to kill me and she was like, yeah, fitness coach, you know, like really, 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 yeah. Uh, strong fitness coach. I'm like, I'm a little bit nervous right now, but it worked and it was great. And she and I maintain a great connection. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Which yeah. of those five aspects do you feel like coaches struggle with the most? Like, wh- like when they're coming to you, do you do you feel like one of them sticks out more than the other? Hmm. It's really interesting. I would say that. Can I give like what I think they struggle with most in each one? Let's do it briefly. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. I think product is probably the one people struggle with the most because they think, well, my product is just like. Like I get paid $250 an hour, $200 an hour. And like, I will not build product out that way. Um, So I think product offerings, tiered products, having a product offering that is designed to win. Like a lot of people come with like four week or six week offers or one-offs or 10 packs and their offers are half the reason they're struggling. Mm -hmm. And so product offering, I think is huge. Building in offers that work together, that don't compete, that are scalable, that support client retention. Um, that's huge. Probably the number one. Um, I'd say under operations, I think entrepreneurs struggle with knowing what to prioritize, what to do. Like we'll spend like 10 hours in Canva or like, you know, six hours on a website, but like none of that really fucking matters. Oh, it's okay. I swear. I swear. Sorry. Totally. Yeah, um, no, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Like that doesn't matter. And I, I, I just coached at an event with 50 people, right? The room was sold out. And I was like, how many of you guys are working with me or have worked with me? And like, you know, a number of hands went up and I was like, how many of you guys joined because of my website? 
no one's hand goes up. I'm like, so why are we all lying to ourselves that we need a perfect website? Like, because mm. it's, it's easy important? to get lost. Yeah, it's so easy to get lost in there and feel successful. I'm going to totally admit I've done this myself. I have advisor friends mm-hmm. where we've done this ourselves when we when we first launched. Um, and it is, it's so easy to get lost in the website and trying to make it perfect. Um, and then I've had like highly successful coaches that'll send me over like a lead gen with like typos. And in my head, I'm like, oh, that would drive me nuts. But it's like, nobody's mm-hmm. really looking for the two typos on the lead gen. Mm-hmm. No. And the truth is entrepreneurship is very humbling. I said this to a client this morning because she's like worried about putting out her messaging or being too much or being annoying. Like, I'm like, no one is sitting there waiting for you to launch your website. No one is sitting there waiting for you to hit post. And the more I think we can learn to like not take ourselves so seriously, like the more we can actually do what matters, you know? Um, I also think sometimes it's more comfortable to work on a website than it is to get on a sales call or do lead generation or talk about our offer. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we hide in the things that can be a little bit more comfortable because um, we're fucking human. Yep. We're human. Right. Good place to hide. Um, you know, you're not going to get rejected from your mm-hmm. website. Yeah. I'd say in marketing, what I think people really struggle with is messaging, um, thinking that they need more followers or need to do more, more, more. And that's really about being effective and strategic. Um, sales, I don't think, I think the biggest challenge I see is people have no idea on their numbers, like no idea, book calls, closing Mm -hmm. rates, show up rates, length of lead. Like they don't know the data behind their sales, which makes it really impossible to strategize on how to grow. Um, and then finance, uh, biggest thing I see, and I'm sure you can speak into this even more is like. Um, I'm going to pay all my bills. I'm going to pay everything. Everything's in one account and hopefully whatever's left, I can pay myself. Um, Mm. Whereas the way I structured my business under the profit first method was like, whether I'd have a hundred thousand dollar a month or a $5,000 a month, I got paid the same amount. And I think that's really important um, as entrepreneurs are growing. So. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree. Um, the, um, what was I going to say on the messaging, do you have any, like, um, I was just curious cause you know, I focus a lot on my messaging as well. And there's definitely areas to improve. I really liked uh story brand was a book I read when I was thinking about that. Uh, do you like that book? Do you recommend that? Or I love that book. Um, you know, one of the, one of the, a quick tip that I teach and coach is if you're watching, your person on Netflix, what are they doing? Because they haven't taken action to fix this problem. A lot of times in our messaging, we focus on either ourselves or we focus on, um, now, of course you found me because I shared my story. I'll share my story to show it's possible, but in my story sharing, I'm making it about someone else and what's possible. Um, but you know, take for example, what was your friend's, um, your friend's I help statement? It was like, I help women feel more, I don't remember. Um, it was, I help women rediscover themselves and reprioritize their lives so they can focus on what matters most. Okay. So what, I'm not totally clear what she does, right? But so what I would want to know is like, 
um, what are they doing in their lives because they're not prioritizing themselves? So if we're watching them on Netflix, like they're not walking around with a sign that says, I don't prioritize myself. I don't prioritize myself. So a lot of times people speak to the root, but in your marketing, you need to speak to the symptoms. And then when people work with you, you teach them how to manage the root. But your product messaging and your marketing messaging are very different. And you have to speak in your customer's language that they know. And most people don't know that they're not re like prioritizing themselves. Like they don't know. Or they right. might not need to work with you. So what are they doing as a result of it? Like are they people pleasing? Are they going to dinners they don't want to go to? Are they loaning money? Are they escaping through binge eating, binge drinking, whatever it is? And that's what you want to speak to in your marketing and messaging. That's really good. Yeah, I've heard like a transformation before. Like how are they feeling right now and how how do, how do they want to feel? You know, and then yeah. talk about how you get them from, from A to B on that. Cool. All right, yeah, as we wrap I mean, up. Was, uh, sorry, okay, go ahead. Sorry. I don't know, no, I was no, going to say, I was in health and wellness, and I know there's just a lot of health and wellness people here, so just to share a little extra value as we wrap up, like, I really spoke to what it was like to fear food at a table, or to give it the evil eye, or to say, I'll start Monday, or, like, you get to get into your head, the heads of your clients, or I talk about how, like, we're not dogs, food isn't a reward for people who are, like, treating food like a reward, right? So my point is just whoever you serve, get in their head, right? We already know what's in our head, but get in their head and where they're at and meet them there and you'll have massive change in results. Cool, yeah, StoryBrand calls out the internal problems. I love that. Mm -hmm. Awesome, super cool journey, but let's wrap up and talk about, uh, so the two questions I ask everyone, what is the most irrational slash emotional money decision you've made. Let's take the credit cards off the table because we kind of talked yeah. about that already. Um, do you have one outside of that? Probably buying my house in Mexico. <laughs> I could like, see that. I didn't really think about it. I just did it. And I've been like, all right, like we're going to go with that was okay. But like, that was a really big decision that I didn't even get advice on. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's kind of crazy because uh, you and then I was talking to Corey earlier, both those are really big decisions, but they've like worked out okay. And sometimes that happens, yeah. right? Like, you know, yeah. making an irrational decision uh, around money is not always advisable, but sometimes it does work out, um, yeah. you know? And so very cool. Yeah. All right. You are sitting in front of a financial planner. What's one question you would have for a financial planner? I really don't understand crypto or any of that space. And I have a version to it. So I guess I'm curious, like, am I, am I like sabotaging myself by not educating myself and learning about this whole other way of money? That's a really, really good question. Um, there's no one right way to answer this because people will hate on me no matter what. So honestly, I'm not a big um, advocate of crypto as a, um, you know, I like the technology, but as like a financial product, there's still so many unknowns. And I think mm -hmm. one thing we've seen over the last just couple of months and with um, the FTX, you know, debacle and the accounting fraud and, and, and issues that were going on there is that there's just still a lot of uncertainty in crypto. And 
where it actually fits in into our future, I just, I do not know. You know, is it Bitcoin? Is it not? I don't know. I mean, the actual blockchain technology is massive for the future of our society, but in like 99.9% .9 of areas outside of finance. So, mm. it, you know, it, blockchain itself should be compared to like internet. Now, cryptocurrency mm. is what like you're asking about, which is like a very, very, very small area of blockchain technology. Um, that is just so uncertain. Personally, I've invested a little bit into it, but I've just never been able to be confident enough in it to like go all in on it or to recommend clients do the same. So normally mm. when I'm working with a client, I kind of let their risk tolerance lead the conversation. If they're interested in crypto, I'll give them some guidance. Um, mm. But I don't like blatantly go out and recommend it. And we could look back in 20 years and be like, wow, that was pretty dumb. But hindsight's always 2020, right? Like you should have invested yeah. in Amazon 20 years ago, but we didn't right. know that. You know, so it's a really tough conversation. There are some advisors that really hammer like, you know, crypto, crypto, crypto. But to be honest with you, most of the people hammering that, they're not regulated advisors. They're mm. quote unquote financial gurus on Instagram, et cetera. And they can afford to lose a lot of money, whereas like your average person can't. Right. Um, so it's a really confusing space. There's a lot of misinformation out there and... Mm. I don't know where mm -hmm. it's going to go, to be honest mm. with you. It's risky. It's just very risky. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Good question, though. That was a really good question. Oh, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let everyone know, where can they find you, learn more about you, learn more about working with you, the content you put out, et cetera? Sure. Um, Instagram, Melissa Dugalecki. Um, really, Melissa, you just go DL. DLU, <laughs> it will probably pop up. Um, you can also catch my website, melissadugalecki.com. Um, and I would just love to connect and learn about your stories and, and hopefully what I share is of value. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Melissa. Thank you. Did you enjoy the show? If so, don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a review. And if you are interested in learning more, you can subscribe to The Monthly Assist, a newsletter where I share more information for fitness entrepreneurs and millennials. You can find the link in the show notes, or you can access the link in my Instagram bio, at JustinGreenFP. Until next time, keep growing, my friends.